A few weeks ago, I asked, I asked two uh, ladies that I love dearly in this church uh, to come share today because um, I just think, man, today's special. And, and I wanted the ladies of our church to hear from the heart of a lady, part of a woman of God. And so, um, anyway, so I, well, let me kind of maybe set this up in another way. It's even though this is a special day for moms, gentlemen, I would encourage you to slide to the table. God can speak to you today as well. Amen. So without further ado, uh, Cheryl's going to come first. And then, and then my wife, Jen, is going to come preach and uh, going to bring it today. Thank you, Cheryl. I have a question for you all. Good way to start Mother's Day. How would you define the word mother? I'm sure each one of you would have a different definition because we've each experienced a different mother. I, for one, have a wonderful mother, and I love her dearly, and I was blessed to be her daughter. Uh, And then I got thinking, okay, Lord... How do you define the word mother? So, of course, my favorite thing to do is to look up. For those of you who know me, I'm a word nerd. I love looking up words in the Bible because guess what? You might be surprised at what the answer might be in there. And with this, I was surprised. I really was. The definition, the bond of the family. Mothers, you are a bond of your family. That doesn't mean you're a perfect bond. (laughs) That Proverbs 31 woman, those words came from a mother to her son. She knew what a perfect mother was. But I, for one, am here to confess that I am not a perfect mother. How about any of you out there? Yeah, hey! (laughs) So, bond. I started looking, uh, thinking about the word bond. And it's, you're really the glue. You're really the glue. So the first glue that I thought of was that squishy Elmer's glue. You know, like when you're a kid, you squeeze it out of the bottle and it just kind of oozes out there. You might be that kind of mom. You're full of that kind of love. You ooze that glue out and it just kind of goes all over the place. Sometimes that was not me. And there's another kind of glue. It's that kid's glue. You know, it starts out purple. And then when it dries down, it's a different color. So that glue stick, that might be you. And that was me at times, too. You know, I might tell my kids, you know, no, 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 no. You're not doing that. Don't do that. And then guess what? They might work on me and work on me a little bit. And then I change my mind. (laughs) So I go from purple to white, back to purple, back to white, no, again, not the perfect mother. <laughs> and then we have the hot glue mama. Come on, the hot glue mama, right? We got the trigger there, and the glue is hot, and the kids ask you a question, and guess what? They, you come out with fire. <laughs> that glue oozes out quick, and the kids know, oh, no, don't ask mama about that question. No, 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 no. And then we have the Gorilla Glue. Right? (laughs) You're the Gorilla Glue. Man, you're tough and you're strong, but you still love your kids. But you're, man, you're you're, you're that Gorilla, that Gorilla Glue. 
And then we have, this is something that um, I type up a lot. My husband's in construction, and it is LP400. It's a construction glue. It's the glue that's on the subfloor, and you can use it in any weather conditions. So maybe you're that mama. You're there for your kids, no matter what their condition is, no matter where they're at. You're going there. (laughs) If they have a game, you're going there. If they're out in the yard and you need to watch them, you're going there. Whether it's raining, snowing, hailing, sleeting, whatever the weather condition is, you are there for your children. And the last glue, there are many more. There's duct tape, there's glitter glue, there's all kinds of things. I went crazy. Uh, The last one we're going to look at is super glue. The super glue. You are super mom. When your family might be falling apart and things are going crazy and chaos reigns in your house. Any of you been there? Yeah. Yeah. But you know what, moms? You are the glue of your family. That's what God says. That's not what I say. This is him talking to you, mothers. You are the bond of your family. And God wants to know that he loves you. And he is proud of each and every one of you moms here in this room. You may not have been the perfect mom. There's no condemnation in Christ. I didn't do it perfect. Nobody out there is a perfect mom. But guess what? God gave you the glue that you have for your family for such a time as this. He gave you the children that he gave to you for such a time as this. You are the bond of your family. And he loves you. His everlasting kindness is forever. He will never, never forsake you. He will never leave you. You need help with your mothering? I know I did. He's there. He is there. He is there. Okay, so that was just the bond. (laughs) We're going to look at an example in Scripture of a woman who was a mom And she was weary. The Bible calls her weak-eyed. And the Bible calls her unloved by her husband. And her name is Leah. Genesis 29, 32. Leah conceived and bore a son and named him Reuben. Reuben actually means, behold, a son. For she said, because the Lord has seen my affliction, surely now my husband will love you. But you know what? Just because the Lord sees your affliction, please don't name your kid after a sandwich. (laughs) So the Lord has seen. The Lord has seen you, moms. That word affliction means affliction, poverty, and misery. Sometimes we feel that way. We give and give and give as moms, and sometimes it's 
there's nothing left because you've given so much. And the Lord does see. Genesis 29:33. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has given me this son also. She named him Simeon. So here we have this mother gives birth. Her husband really doesn't love her as much as she wants. The Lord gives her a son. She knows that he sees. The Lord opens her womb again. The Lord gives her a second son, and she named him. The Lord has heard that I'm unloved. Moms, the Lord sees, and the Lord hears. And I'm going to add something to that. The Lord loves. He loves. Genesis 29, 34. She conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have borne him three sons. And she named him Levi, which means attached. So she thought this tricord of three that cannot quickly be broken would be that glue for her marriage. That she would become attached. Her husband would become attached to her. Twenty nine thirty five. She conceived again and bore a son and said, This time I'm going to get my eyes off of my husband that doesn't love me as much. And I will praise the Lord. This time I will praise the Lord. And she named him what? Judah. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. This time I will praise the Lord. So, moms, if we can get our eyes off our circumstances get our eyes off of those that might not love us as much, get our eyes off of our poverty, get our eyes off of our sickness, get our eyes off of our difficulties and trials and temptations, and get our eyes on the lion of the tribe of praise. I will choose to praise him this time. Everybody say, this time. I will praise him. And what happened through that Jesus' lineage came through, came through that praise. Jesus was born through that lineage of the tribe of Judah. She didn't know it at that time. But her choice to praise the Lord during difficult circumstances actually changed history. Moms out there, Choose this day. I will praise the Lord. Despite the diapers, despite the, the working moms out there who you have to work to put food on the table. Guess what? This time I will praise the Lord. Getting my eyes off of my circumstances and on to the one who can change history for me and my lineage. Who knows, moms? Maybe one of your sons or your daughters is a future king. 
as a future queen will be used mightily for the things of God. This time, I will praise the Lord. Can we show the next one? Let's see. Revelation 5, 5. And one of the elders said to me, Stop weeping. Behold, the lion that is from the tribe of Judah has overcome. He has overcome the lion of the tribe of Judah from the root of David, who, by the way, was quite a worshiper. You read the book of Psalms and you'll see about King David. They're dancing with all of his might like a little lamb before the, before the king, before the Lord, all throughout that lineage. So, moms, be content with the glue that God has given you Don't worry about that perfect mom that you think she is over there and the glue that God has given her. Ladies, let's accept who God has made us. Let's be content with what God has given us. Whether you're a mom, stepmom, or not a mom, whatever lot in life that God has given you, let's be content and say, this time, I will praise the Lord. Awesome. I love it. She had on the end of her notes another verse and she didn't say it. That was my transition. No. <laughs> um, I love that. I love it. Jesus is our king. King of kings, Lord of lords. And in Exodus fourteen fourteen, it says that the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And so, you know, When we choose to praise, when we choose to get our eyes not on the things around us or our circumstances, and we choose to praise, that's choosing to put our focus on our God and on our King. And He is mighty and strong in battle, and He is fighting for us. And when we truly grab a hold of who He is to us, then we can rest in that. You know, we might feel like we're that glue and we're trying to hold everybody together. You might be the dad trying to hold everybody together. Oh, I got to do this and I got to do that. And you're stretching yourself thin and you're trying to be that glue. But part of being the glue is like Cheryl said, to, to settle in to who you are and to who God has created you to be as the father, as the mother, the grandparent, (laughs) the worker, the teacher, to be who God has created you to be and to rest in that and who God says that you are. And I'm going to read Ecclesiastes chapter 3. They don't have this part. I just wanted to read through this quickly. In Ecclesiastes 3, it says, To everything there is a season. So all you young mamas, hold on. It's just a season, right? (laughs) Screaming, crying babies. It's just a season. Um, A time for every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born. A time to die. A time to plant. A time to pluck up. A time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up. A time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones. A time to embrace, and a time to refrain from an embrace. A time to gain, and a time to lose. A time to keep, a time to throw away. A time to tear, and a time to sow. A time to keep silent, a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. 
And no matter what the time and the season is, in verse 11, it says that God has made everything beautiful in its time. Can you guys say beautiful? Or for you men, handsome. God has appointed the times. He's made everything beautiful. Do you know that you are beautiful? Or handsome? (laughs) Yes. It's true. When God sees us, mothers and fathers, men and women, he says that it's good. He loves us. He loves who he's created us to be. And, you know, if we fix our eyes on others and try to be like them, we cease to be because now we're trying to be this other person. Well, only you can be you. So if you're trying to be everybody else, then guess what? You, like, disappear from the planet. And we need you. Be you. Okay? (laughs) And you might not always feel that way, you know, like I talked about, just trying to do everything in your own strength. Hold everything together. Hold everybody together. Oh, they should be doing this. Or they need to be doing that. Or I need to do this. Or I forgot to do that. And we can stress ourselves out and stretch ourselves thin, carrying a weight that we were never intended to carry. In Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, it says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you, not just the mothers, who are weary and carry a heavy burden, and I will give you rest Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. So if you have a day and you're feeling pretty heavy and that life is hard, I have good news for you. That's not the way it's supposed to be. (laughs) God says, take on my yoke. It's easy and it's light. Is it still work? Yeah, But it's not trying to do it in our own strength. It's partnering with him and doing it with him and coming alongside him. And he has all the strength that we need. The Bible says that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. So the next time you're feeling a little heavy and like life is hard, take a check. What am I holding on to? What am I carrying? What am I trying to fix that maybe I'm not supposed to? What do I need to cast at his feet? I'm getting ahead of myself because he says to come and cast your cares on me because I care for you. And so to lay those burdens down and say, you know what, God, I want to do this your way. Give me a, a new perspective. Let me rise up in you and look at things from your perspective. So many times we can look at the problem. The longer we look at it and stare at it, the more it consumes all that we are. But if we choose to praise and say, no, I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus then all the rest just seems to fade away, right? Okay. Um, Psalm 46.10. Be still and know that I am God. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, be still and know? It's so hard to be still sometimes, right? My kids don't know how to be still. (laughs) We do not have quiet, passive children that like to be still. Anybody else have wild children? Okay. Thank you. I feel you. (laughs) Okay. So to be still and know that I am God. Do you know that he is God? That he stands alone, that none compare to him, that he is unmatched in every way. 
Do you know God as God? Do you know him? Maybe you know about him, but do you know him? Not just in your head, but in your heart. Have you experienced him in all of his might and strength? Do you know your God? Do you know that he is for you and not against you? (laughs) Do you know his kindness toward you? His character, his heart, his thoughts, his thoughts toward us are good and not of evil. He has good plans for us, a future for us, plans and a purpose. Do you know his comfort and his confidence, his friendship, his companion? See, when we know our God, then we can be still. We can rest, knowing that as much as we care, how much greater does he care? So many times we can feel so alone right in the moment. Nobody else could ever understand. I'm the only one. (laughs) But you're not alone. God is with you. He sees you. Like Miss Cheryl talked about, he sees you. He hears you. He loves you. He cares for you. He's working on your behalf. You're doing all this busy stuff, and he's like doing the official stuff behind the scenes, you know? And he's like, You're just wearing yourself out. I got this, (laughs) you know. Exodus 3.14. God replied to Moses, said, I am who I say I am. He was sending him back to deliver the people. Moses was freaking out. He says, tell them that I am has sent you. God is our great I am. Everything that we have need of, he is. I need a friend. I am. I need someone to hear me. I am. Can you hear him echoing back like every question or need that you have? He's like, I am. I am who I say I am. The great I am. He's all we need. And there's power in that. If we could get our eyes off of all of this and get our eyes on him to where he is the thing that consumes us then everything else is not a problem. When we know our God, when we know his heart, and we know his word, all of his promises, we sang about it this morning, they're yes and amen, then we know that we can trust him. And when we can trust him, and our, we can trust him with our cares and our anxieties, we can trust him with the things that we don't understand. And in that trust, we can be still and know. First Peter 5, 7, there it is. Casting all of our cares, all of our anxieties and weights and burdens on him because he does care for you. I was thinking about being still and resting. And you know, it's, um, God told the people to take a day of rest. I'm thinking, yeah, we forget that so many times. <laughs> but he gave us the example too. He created the whole universe, the heavens and the earth and everything that dwells in. And yet he didn't need to rest, but he set the example to us and said, you know, let's take a day of rest. And he took that seventh day and he rested as an example to us. And if that's important to our physical bodies, how much more our spiritual 
our emotions, you know, our thoughts. And he didn't just suggest it. He's like, this is a commandment I give to you. On the seventh day, don't do anything. And thank God that Jesus came and separated from the law because they were like, if you do anything on the day of the Sabbath, you will be taken out. Okay? So he was serious about this. Take a day of rest. To be still means to remain in place, motionless, free from sound or noise, to be silent or at rest. Rest means to lie down as dead, to cease and refrain from action, to be motionless, to cease from labor, to be free from anxiety or disturbances, to sit or lie fixed or supported. It's talking about like a column is supporting a building to just be supported to be sitting there fixed, to remain confident, to trust. There's that word again. To remain idle or uncropped. I don't know. Do they let the fields around here have like a year of no cropping? (laughs) It's a thing. They let the ground rest so that it will continue to produce good things. Because if you just keep planting and harvesting, then all the nutrients get used up from the ground. To bring to an end voluntarily. I like that, voluntarily. God's not going to force us to do something. <laughs> he could. Brink, <laughs> you know, rest. Okay, I can't move. <laughs> but he wants us to, to choose, to believe in who he says he is, to take him at his word and say, you know what? You're right, God. You got this. I can just rest. I can be still here. Did you guys get the picture? Okay. This is my favorite picture. <laughs> the ultimate rest. Look, when we rest, we're just like, yeah, here I am. <laughs> I give up. I surrender. You know? And it's such an act of trust because you're vulnerable. <laughs> How many situations have we been in and we just want to fight for ourselves because we know I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean for it to come across that way. You know, but when we say, okay, God, you're going to have to fight this battle for me. I mean, it's, it's a vulnerable place to be because we're like, okay, I'm like just right here, wide open, exposed. But I'm just going to lay here and rest and know that you've got it, God. The ultimate act of trust and obedience in the one that we know in our God. Because when we know God and we truly trust him, we know that he's got our back and that he truly is fighting for us. And we know who he is, the great I am, that he is way more capable and able. This is the ultimate act of surrender to rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. I know we read it earlier. Come to me, all who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. He's got rest stored up for you. I think that today that God just really wants you to know, all of you, not just the mothers, that 
He is who he says that he is. He is faithful to his word. All the promises that he has given you are yes. We might be in that waiting period, but he says, hey, I'm working on it. It's coming through. You can trust in me. You can rest because I back my word. The Bible says that he is watching over his word to perform it. And so instead of focusing on the things that we don't see, putting our faith in the thoughts and the distractions and the lies of the enemy, we choose to put our faith in God, in his word, in truth. Do you know that it takes just as much faith to believe a lie as it does the truth? We get bombarded with all these thoughts and we just grab them and hold on to them and pretty soon we're like believing them, right? I'm never going to make it through this. Uh, this is never going to come through. Da, da, da. We pretty much just start believing it. But it takes just as much effort to do that as it does to just take God at his word. To just simply obey. To simply trust. To simply put our faith in him that he is who he says that he is. God wants us to know him. To know that he is good. He wants us to find freedom, to find rest in knowing who he is. He wants you to discover the purpose that he has for you and to overcome the situations that you're currently facing. And that as you move forward in a life of trusting him and his ways, that you will truly see and be able to make that difference in the world around you. That with him, getting in the yoke with him, that you can do it. That he is taking your weak places and making them strong. That he has equipped you, fully equipped you for every task that you face. So as you take this ultimate step of putting your faith and your trust in God today. And believing that he's fighting the battle with you and for you. Then it's going to catapult you into a new season. And this is really what I feel so strong to speak over you guys today. Is that if you can take him at his word and say, okay, God, I believe that you are who you say you are. And I'm going to cast all of this at your feet because I truly believe that you care for me and that you're working on my behalf, that you have seen me and you have heard me. You've equipped, you, equipped me. You've made me who I am. I'm going to trust that. I'm going to trust that and I'm going to rest. I'm going to surrender. <laughs> and if you do that, he is saying that this is a new season for you. A new season of rest. A season of restoration. He is going to restore all that the enemy has stolen. All of the broken and hurt places that have surrounded you for years, he's restoring them. He is making them new. That this is a new season, a season of restoration. That he is restoring and making it new. That it's not only a season of restoration, but it's a season of encouragement. That as God begins to mend those broken places and begins to work miracles on your behalf, that you're going to be encouraged by it. That he personally is going to be encouraging you himself personally he will be encouraging you through others and that as you are encouraged in the lord and encouraged 
that you are going to be able to encourage others. He's going to take others' testimonies to encourage you to believe for your answer to prayer. And then you're going to get that answer and be encouraged and be able to encourage others. So a season of restoration, a season of encouragement, a season of strength. God is fortifying you. He has equipped you for battle. He has equipped you for this job. He has equipped you to be the mother, to be the father. This is a season of strength for you to rise up in that rest in him. That, yeah, there's still that work that's light and easy. (laughs) It should feel like it comes naturally a little bit. That it's a season of strength. You're like, no, but I'm weak. No, you're not weak. You are not weak. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm not weak. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in this world. And it's time for us to rise up and believe what we've been saying. It's a season of strength. Are we strong in ourselves? No. Look at my hand shaking right now. Can you see it? It's a season of strength that we know it's not in ourselves, but we know our God and our God is strong and he has promised to make us strong. And so this is a new season. It's a season to be the leader that God has called you to be, to be the mother that you never had, to be the father that you never had, to be the boss that you never had an example. And you're like, what am I doing? What did you ask me to do, God? I don't know what to do. I'm glad you asked. I got some answers for you. It's a new season. And you know what? You might say, you know, I know God a little. So, you know, I could, I could put my trust in that. I could put out a little bit of trust for the little bit that I know. And he says, yeah, bring it. Bring your little because I'm going to blow you away and you're going to have a whole lot more. And so that's the T is that it's a new season of trust that he's taking your trust and taking it further than you could ever imagine. He's growing your trust that this is a new season of trust. And if you will take your little and step out on that little and say, okay, I trust you in this moment that you've got it. He's going to prove himself. And you're going to be like, Oh wow. I just grew. I have a little bit more trust now. How many of you have like a friend that's been your friend since you like before you could talk and you trust each other? Like you've been friends forever, right? You have that trust. You have that bond. That's like taking years of building relationship and having that trust. But then there's others that's like you just meet them and you feel like you've known them your whole life, you know, and you like inclined to just trust them all the way, you know. And you have a little hesitations, but you're like, wow, this is a God relationship and I really trust them. And like, God can do that, right? It's the same way with God. Like he builds trust by proving who he is to us, just like your friend would. And so he is giving you a new season of trust. If you will trust him with that little, he's going to make it so much bigger. And so it's a new season of rest restoration, encouragement, strength, and trust. I'm pretty much done, but I want to pray over you.
I really felt strongly in prayer this morning to just break some stuff off of you this morning, if you're okay with that. If you're okay with it, just get in agreement with it, get in agreement with it in your heart and just receive it and grab hold of it today. And I just want to pray over you. Actually, I'm going to talk for a little bit more first. (laughs) You know, I was watching something last night and it was a lady that I've never seen or heard, but she was getting ready to sing a song and she struggled with her weight like her whole life. And, but she was kind of confident in who she was and she was a cheerleader in school. And one day some guys kind of walked by and one leaned over to the other one and was like, she's too big to be a cheerleader. And those words latched onto her heart. And she was sharing how she carried that for 30 years. And I don't know what words have latched onto your heart, whether it was a week ago or a year ago or a hundred years ago. It's breaking off today because that is not what God says of you. And that is not what God says of you or over you. No longer will those words hold you back. But you're the same way that those words have latched onto your heart. The word from God this morning is latching onto your heart. God wants to do an exchange with you this morning. So if that's you, I just want to pray over you. If you can just close your eyes. And if that's you and you say, God, I'm trembling and I only have a little but I really want to trust you with that little bit of brokenness that I have left. And I'm willing to lay it at your feet and to trust you. I just want you to just raise your hands in his presence and just say in your heart, here I am, God. I trust you. I'm learning to trust you. I want to trust you. I don't want to fight this battle myself. I want to know you as my God my God, as my strong and able king. I want to know you as healer, as mender, as my strength. All of the things that you have said that you could be for me, I want that. I want to know you and I want to rest in knowing that you got me and that you know me and that you love me. God, you see the hands and you see the hearts. And right now, I just come against every lie that has been spoken, every word of death that has been spoken over their lives and latched onto their hearts. I break it off now in the name of Jesus. We break it off in the name of Jesus. Enough. And I just release peace. And I release your word over their life, that they are enough, that they do have what it takes, that they are full of the spirit and of power, that they have a sound mind, that they can have peace, that they can have rest, that this is a new season. We thank you, Father, for your word. Your word is truth. And you have sent your word, truth, to set us free. And it is for freedom that you have set us free. Today, as God has unlocked your cell door, as he has unlocked the shackles, as he has broken every chain from your life, 
Don't just stand there. You're free. Now be free. Walk away. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you that this is a new season that you are restoring them. I thank you that you are encouraging them. May they be encouraged by the word today. That you see them and you hear them and you're working on their behalf. Thank you that you are bringing them into a new season of strength and trust in you. And that as they choose to be still and to lay down as dead, to rest in you. God, may your peace that passes all understanding blanket them, encompass them, saturate every part of them to guard their heart and their mind in you. And I just bless them. I just bless all the homes that are represented here today. God, that there's a shift that has happened today as your people have grabbed hold of a new word from you, maybe an old word that you've reminded them of, all the promises that you have spoken over them, that today is a new day, a fresh start. Just speak peace over every home, that you have given every provision, every provision. We put our hope and our trust in you. And we thank you for doing it. Father, in the name of Jesus, amen.